but we're civilized, yeah, we're too civilized. That's what they always think. You know, they, they always think this happens in ancient history, but it can't happen today. But that, that's why it, this, this works over and over. They, they think, no, no, it could never happen in this day and age. Not here. But it happens everywhere else in the world, so why not? The, the same guys worldwide are in charge of the whole show. And unfortunately, the children who are brainwashed through their video games, their, 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 their rap music, you know, kill, 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 um, will do what they're told. And and that's why they could always put in, in a book like the plan, Revelations, the great plan, you know, uh, that the children would turn on their parents and kill them and think they were doing the world a favor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I can see the programming that is taking place and that has taken place in the last, let's say, 25 years mm-hmm. has made it that if you are not happy with your mom or your dad, what they say, mm-hmm. you don't have to take it. Yeah. And we will help you to leave your home. I have a, a, a friend in uh, Alberta, and he's an eye specialist and his wife, and uh, they had two children, and the one, the son was about 19, and the daughter at that time was 16. And the daughter one day came home to the father and said, I need money because I'm moving out. And he says, you're moving out? Yes, he says, I talked about it with my counselor in school, and you better go out and rent an apartment with me because I can't stand you. And before something happens here, you better do as I tell you to do because my counselor said that you should listen and obey for the best for the school and for me. Mm-hmm. And he and he stood up and he got very upset. Mm-hmm. And he walked over to her and he lifted her, his hand up and before that hand could go anywhere, she grabbed the baseball bat and she hit him over the head. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he ended up in the hospital, came out of the hospital. But while he was in the hospital, she told the social worker that he was the one that was trying to assault her. Yeah. There you are. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. I know it's so, it's so easy now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That means. I actually, I think it'd be a scary time to have children. Because yeah. you'd be just as scared of them, you know, probably more scared of them than you're scared of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think uh, I, I, I'd advise people if they get a hold of the movie, the video, uh, the British version of 1984, uh, George Orwell's 1984, with the, the, the British actors and John Hurt, because they go through this whole pro- process of what happens in the movie. And we have everything turned upside down because today, of course, we call them peacekeepers. And Orwell said that that, that was written initially in 1948 that or published then, the first book. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, war is peace, you know, uh, torture is love. Um, he said that the children would turn on their parents. And you see a scene in that in there where that happens. Where the parents are terrified in case the, cause the children are taught to spy and listen on their parents all the time and, and, and turn them in. 
and when you're tortured, you're, you're taken off to the Ministry of Love for torture. Well, we're seeing that with all the, all the propaganda about the United Nations. They're peacekeepers. They're not warriors. No, they're peacekeepers. No, they're not peacekeepers. I know. And they're dressed like soldiers to me. And, and they carry weapons. I don't see them uh, walking about with petitions. They're walking about with, with heavy armaments. Yeah, tanks oh. and everything else. So by the use of terminology changes, this is, this is what they call, um, uh, it's a sort of, of a psychological warfare by the, use, by the use of terminology, and that was perfected in the Soviet Union, in fact, like so much of this was perfected in that big laboratory, and uh, it's called psycholinguistics. So it simplifies the, 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 the changing of the, the actual fact the term is used, it, it gives you a different impression suddenly, a nice fuzzy feeling. These guys are out to, to give peace to the world. They're no. not there to kill people. They're going to bring peace. So we're actually seeing that happen where war is peace and, and freedom is slavery. Uh, this is all Orwellian uh, doublespeak. George Orwell was picked from Cambridge by the elite. He was a third, fourth generation um, bureaucratic uh, uh, child and his father his father was actually in charge of the Burma, the British the Royal Crown Burma uh, opium uh, 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 farms in Burma mm-hmm. and the, the, the British public didn't even that's whose father it was, it was George Orwell's father his name was Blair, his real name and he was chosen the university carry on the tradition in the secret service and he was he was told to go out and, and be the darling of socialism by 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 the royal establishment so he, he wrote books all for socialism until he went to the spanish war found out there was no difference between them and they were all being run by the same group at the top communism fascism socialism mm-hmm. and then he came back home to britain tried to publish his books and he had uh, publishing contracts with the biggest publishers, but now that he was speaking out and telling people, hey, that we're all being fooled here, uh-huh. only one head to this monster, this Hydra, uh, uh, those co- companies wouldn't publish his books. But he did eventually get Animal Farm out, and then uh, 1984, and he uses all the stuff that he was taught on uh, psycholinguistics to show you how, how the simple change of a term can completely alter the actual reality of the physical fact. And this is being used through the media uh, every day now when we hear about the so-called war, mm-hmm. um, the peacekeepers and, and democracy. <laughs> and, and, and people, people who at one time would be called uh, freedom fighters or, or nationalist fighters yeah. are called insurgents, you see. They're mm-hmm. insurgents. They're not, they're not uh, Iraqis or Afghanistanis. No, they're insurgents. Uh, so it's all terminology changes, which is psycholinguistics, to alter our perception of reality. I wonder, Alan, when we, when we take a look at it, how many of these people in Israel, in uh, Palestine, uh, all, the, all the way up into Egypt, uh, how many of these people are aware that they are in enormous danger there? I I think that they're probably 
they, they probably push it to the back of their mind, really. Um, it's, it's a human condition, it is true, that if you can get up in the morning and go to the stores and the traffic's on the road and everything's okay. Uh, we, we find this even in ancient Rome when the, they were being invaded. They were still ha- the, the wealthy elite were still having parties in the middle of the city but when they were being invaded. Uh, so there's a strange thing of denial that kicks in with people when, when massive changes uh, are about to come upon them. And, and, of course, everyone's been brainwashed into this strange thing called nationalism. Uh, here's the thing people should really think about. Mm-hmm. You see, at one time, there were no nations. There were no nations. And you, you'll find even the Catholic Church, uh, the universal church, um, they would assign different kings or authorize them to be kings. Yeah. And then they created nations. This began really with the, the Norman invasion backed by the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And they brought the money system in, the serfdom system in, the taxation system in, yeah. the feudal system in, and from feudal we get fees. Mm-hmm. We still pay fees. And so they brought, brought a caste system in with them backed by the Catholic Church. And um, uh, in those days, even though okay, this is now a nation. Now they create, they call themselves the worker bees at the top. The, bee, the, the perfect world for them is the beehive. You'll find that in ancient Egypt. That was Cleopatra's symbol. She was actually a Ptolemy, a Macedonian, a Greek really, mm-hmm. uh, in charge of Egypt, which is sort of something like today when we have foreigners in charge of your own country. Yeah. But, uh, um, but uh, this symbol of the beehive, you can go even further back into the where they used that and the, the battle axe, which became the fasci. The Catholic Church used the fasci, and now with the fasci at either side of the congressional hall where Mr. Bush speaks, you'll see it on the wall, the fasci on either side, these ancient symbols. So the worker bees, as they came into to, to Europe with their religion, and that's also the Mormon uh, symbol, too, for the state, is the, is the beehive. Um, yeah, because they have deseret farms, right? Yes. <laughs> and and the deseret farms are set up like it is a, an enslavement thing because these people have to work six weeks on that farm and they have to give 10% of yes. their wages. So the beehive, right? Bring the money to the mother bee, right? Or father bee. And, and, and then, then the, the beekeeper comes along and takes the honey. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works. But uh, so it's the order. See, they they, they they call themselves orders, specialized orders. These priesthoods and masons, and it's the order of the bee. They created borders. That's where the word border comes from. The whole language is coded. All the high masons understand this. So they created borders, and then told all the people within it, "Well, you're now called this, and you don't talk to those people across that line there because they are different."
Yeah, but as you say this, and, and we look at it, isn't it already now happening in the police forces that they are training the police forces and the soldiers that we are the ones that are dangerous? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they do have these specialists once again and uh, going around uh, different colleges and the police uh, associations giving them lectures on how dangerous it is out there nowadays. And it's sort of us against them, you know, the, they see themselves as, as um, uh, uh, the military. They do see themselves as a military organization, which they are, of course. They wear a uniform, one form, uh. and they're authorized. And, and the people are called civilians. That's what the police are now calling the people, civilians. So you, you see it all being set up for what's to come. And, and the police are basically, they feel superior to the public. You know, when you say the word civilian, that you can't escape of, wor- of, of thinking back of Seville in Spain. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you look back at Seville in Spain, there, there was there where they had a humongous uprise amongst the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, somewhere, what is it, uh, 1200 and something, that all the people rose up against uh, whoever was in power and said, uh, hey, no more. So maybe that's why we are called civilians, because they, they want to say, well, that's what civilians do. They rise up when they don't agree. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, now, at this moment, people are having to think three, four, five times before they go and protest, because they come out with these great big tank-like uh, humongous things, and they... They have all this battle gear and these guns. And and I I say to the people here on air, don't go protesting out as you did before. Mm -hmm. Because as you do this, you are in great danger. When I spoke to some people, and it happened to be one from Palestine and one from Israel that are friends, And I said, you have to be careful. You need to get yourself out of the place. You are in great danger. Because the ones that are super uppity, uppity, uppity will be not there when they do it. Exactly. And people don't, don't realize that they are being told that it is time to pull their heads out of the sand and they come into a state of reality. But when we are seeing it, and, and, and you know you are so right when you say these forces are being programmed against the very people that they are supposed to serve. Yes, and for, for quite a few years now, uh, in Canada and the U.S., uh, it was first denied in the, in the late 80s, the early 90s, that the multi-jurisdictional task forces, as they call them, which is a combination of the military special forces and specially trained police, they all dress in the same battle gear, they're sent out in groups abroad. We have groups now in, in Afghanistan, actually, it was on the CBC. And for years, anybody who, who mentioned the, the multi-jurisdictional task force was poo-pooed and, and, and debased by the media. Now they're telling you it actually exists, and those guys are trained to go around the houses and kick down the doors and drag the people out. Then they come back and... But that was the same as the SS during World War II. Yes, but these guys come back into your country after their tour, and back goes on their police uniform again. They're out on the streets, these guys. 
but, but, but I think it's so absolutely, utterly disgusting. Look at World War Two in Europe, huh? And you know, it just makes me just boil. Why these people that were numbered during World War Two are their relatives, are their friends, and and people that have seen it, that have known it, are now so willing to give them fifty dollars to be tipped? I know, I know. Yeah. Well, they're no different from anyone else. They follow their leaders, and everyone is given a leader to follow. Yeah, but they sold apples for oranges. Maybe not even apples. They must be rotten. Yes. And that's where you get your saying that they've had their chips, you know, because they will have had their chips. Uh, they follow their leaders blindly, as always. They don't think for themselves. Again, they believe they're being taken care of by their leaders, and they have no idea of the real agenda behind all of this, you know. None at all. Uh, you know, over in Israel, uh, the Rothschilds are, are looked upon as messiahs. And a messiah, and of course, is anyone who really furthers the particular agenda for the people. And, and, and the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers in America, and, and quite a few other wealthy ones who, who claim to be Jewish, um, funded, uh, set up I.G. Farben. They created the German war machine. And none of these guys after the war were prosecuted. No, that's right. No. So, so he's a big thing, you see, there's an esoteric and an exoteric, and once you belong to this high international brotherhood, the people that you used to belong to are now the prince. And so, so, yeah, you can lead them all right, you can lead them right up the garden path, because they're no longer your people. Yeah, but you know, when you look at it, and we look at that war back there, and, and the shells fall off the eye, and you say, hey, wait a minute, we need to compare what was there and what is here. Here we have Palestine, and there we had uh, Germany. Here we have Israel, and there we had Holland, right? Yeah. And here we had uh, Belgium, and we had, we had uh, the, the, the Germans, and we had everything else that was there ready to, uh, to pound, murder, slaughter, kill, gas, torture, and so forth. But today, when you would think that these people, Alan, learned from what took place in Europe, that they would come to a place of such wisdom that they say, oh, well, oh, wait a minute, chipping, you make that look very nice, but no, thank you, go to hell. I'm not going to be chipped by, by you. And as I went to that store, remember when I came on, uh, on with you on to the show, and I told you I went to the manager of this very, very large grocery conglomerate here in Canada, Save On Foods, Jimmy Patterson, personal friend of George W. Bush, his father, and they cruise around in this great big humongous luxury yacht. And I asked this man, and I told him, I said, you know, I said, this is the only in and the only out into this store. And he said, yeah, now, okay. You know, they have a small side door, but it's a small side door, and it doesn't stand for very much. And I said, well, I said, imagine they put equipment here, and I pointed it out to him. I said, they have two big guys there, 
I said, and you come in, and now we have put into place, because that's what they're doing, Ellen. Isn't that right? They are putting it in place like they have in England. We should tell these people out there. We should wake them up. They should come to the place that they said, Ellen, thank you. Hepzibullah, thank you. Because they still think it is not going to happen, and yet the man... When I walked up and I pointed him out and I and I said to him this 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 this, we could see the jolt he had and we knew that he had known it before and we knew also that he cringed inside and he quickly and this man is always very friendly and he stepped back. And he said, there's nothing I can do about it. All I, 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 I must do here is, is, is the, the, this grocery shelf. And he looked and you could see his energy was bouncing all over the place. And he didn't know how to hold this energy or what to do with it. But at the same time, the people here in North America with their crummy idea about the chip, they don't understand that it comes in as a card, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you explain that to them? What has happened? What is going to go on that card? So maybe they wake up? Yes, I mean, it's public, it's in fact, it was in the newspapers a few days ago when Stockwell Day came out to give his first uh, uh, spiel to the public. And, of course, he was authorized to do it because I'm sure he had a strip writer to write everything. These guys don't make up their own words, these guys. And he said, well, it's inevitable. We must give that this ID card. And he said, it's the same one as Britain and the United States. Uh, it will have your your a DNA sample in, in that card. Uh, the code, your DNA code will be in the card. Your complete medical history inoculations and so on will also be, recent inoculations will all be in that card. Um, a, a voice print, you have to speak into a machine so they can record a, 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 a voice print in there. Uh, it's an active uh, uh, chip, which means it can be picked up from quite a distance. I don't doubt these things can be picked up by these cell phone towers all over the cities. And, and of course, eventually will be the brain chip after that. But, um, this chip also has this, uh, quite a, a lot of space left because it will become your bank card for the cashless society so they can track all purchases and who's buying what and how much your income is, etc. And uh, and then a little bit too that they added was um, he, he's the first one to admit that although I knew it years ago but when I first knew it was coming, he said it will be it's actually an international ID card. It's not just national, it's an international ID card, which tells you that since the one company is making it for all the countries, they already have this supercomputer set up somewhere ready to go into action. Yeah, in Brussels, in Grand Cayman Island. Yeah. Uh there's another one somewhere I think in Russia now. You know, so they, they are setting it up to uh, cover the planet. But when they wanted to set up this thing <laughs> in Brazil, mm-hmm. the people said no. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I said, amazing. Here we have more people there who have less access to media, but who are more involved with raising their own children. 
And as they called them primitive, thank you very much, they said no. And when you landed in Brasilia, a great big humongous sign sitting there, sitting right across the airport, and you couldn't miss it, America, we don't want you, go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you see, the ancient times, and right up to the, to the present, they, in some places, they still brand cattle. You brand them. And that's a sign of ownership by somebody. Yeah. And this is what this is all leading towards. This is the entire you, supposedly, in this card. And then it will be a chip after that. It's a stepping stone, uh, which will be embedded eventually into us. And um, uh, they're branding their property, just like the Normans did when they came in and created the Domesday Book and took an inventory of everything that lived in all the houses and animals and people and children. It's the same darn thing over it by the descendants of these same people who are putting this into effect under the guise of, of making you safe. <laughs> yeah, and the DNA thing Hitler tried and did already, the experimentations, but at this very moment the DNAing is used so they can get rid of the First Nations people, maybe Asian people, maybe African people, maybe anybody that is not blue-eyed and whatever, Germanic. Yes, uh, Prussian, yeah. Prussian, yeah, so, that's right. So, so what, you're, what you're seeing, yeah, it's going to create a definite caste system that's going to be read everywhere you go. Uh, by everyone you come in contact with, you have to purchase something or even get on a bus. And and Bertrand Russell said, now this is so quite fascinating because, you see, Bertrand Russell said the same thing as Lenin said at the beginning of the 1900s. Exact same thing. They said eventually a system will come in uh, based on a form of, of, of um, uh, a credit card. He, he called it a sort of ration card. And, and he said... This will, this will be, this will be uh, everyone, every citizen will be getting so many credits at the beginning of a week, and they'll be able to spend them, but not save them up. So if you haven't used them all by the end of the week, uh, it's dropped out and you start off again on the Monday with the same amount of credits as everyone else. And it's just to create the, the classless bottom society, you see, at the bottom of the heap. And he said anyone who didn't go along with this would be punished by the state to authorize the credits by withholding the credits. So when you went to, to have it updated on Monday, uh, there's nothing there for you. You can't pay your rent. You can't buy your food. And, and, and so that will be your punishment until you begin to come and fall into line. And Lenin said the same thing. You see, these guys knew this was coming 100 years ago. Lenin said, eventually, he says, the dictatorship will disappear. He said, he said, ultimately, in, our, in this great plan, meaning the great work, of course, he says, ultimately, he said, military will disappear. There'll be no need for military or police in, in the system to come. And I thought, well, how are they going to manage that? Well, we know how they're going to manage it. Uh, the, 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 the card is one step to it with the social approval and disapproval and removal of credits to make you obey. But then when they chip the brain, that's the only way they could do away with military and police, you see. Yes, because they then can control you totally and put you into that state of, of hypnosis. Yeah, you're uh, a zombie. You'd be a, yeah. a, a cyborg zombie, yeah. And, and they knew this a hundred years ago. It's fascinating to read through this. I used to say, well, how come, 
how come they could talk about the withering away of the state and, and, and nationalism and, and, um, and police and so on and having this perfectly obedient society? They knew this a hundred years ago because we, with all our magazine nonsense of science at the bottom level of reality, are kept in a complete illusion. Everything that we're given is antique. They've had this technology for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. yeah. We, we know that. They had, they had a cartoon in Britain uh, with, with, with the, when, when Rothschild took over the Bank of England, supposedly because he just made a good bet. And, and, but he told the rest of the stockholders that um, the British had lost, and they dumped all their stock. So he waited till the end, and his agents bought it all up for peanuts. But in the, in the papers of the day, they had him talking into a little black box. And they said, there he is doing his ventriloquist act again. The guy had some kind of cell phone. A lady Queensborough talked about her, her, her uncle, who was a top Freemason, uh, witnessing the same stuff in a high Freemason's home in France, where he had this kind of gizmo, and he was talking to somebody uh, across the sea in America. This is, this is in the, the, the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were kept at the bottom. It's through science, through, through, through the control of science, which is power, that they keep us in the bottom level, and they feed us this reality constantly by, oh, we're on the cutting edge, and one day we'll discover this, and one day we can work towards that. It's all been done. And that's why at the bottom level we have research. It's research, meaning what the search was already done long ago. Yeah, Other for the, the great mm-hmm. mathematician in, in the late 1800s and early 90s, that he was working for the Royal Society, another high Masonic science society chartered by the Crown, and he was working as a mathematician uh, on, on genetics. Now, why would you need a mathematician on, on genetic work if you hadn't actually discovered the gene? Yeah, not only that, and why would you want to DNA all the children in school under a false pretense and say, oh, yes, then if uh, something happens? I said, but that has nothing to do with something happens. You are going to make something happen. Uh, It's also interesting that the companies like Monsanto, you're probably aware that, that apart from all the modified food and their patents on modified food, they're now heavily going into all the seeds of the world, which no one had bothered to even think about patenting because it's always existed. Well, if, if there was no patent previously on all the natural seeds that have been used for, by farmers for hundreds and hundreds of years the world over, they're slapping their patents on it, meaning they own it. They own its DNA, everything. Well, when you put down everything on a card, which is a government card, then technically they own you. They own you. How can people come free of that, Alan? There has to be a solution to this. Yes, well, the solution would, you, you know it's going to mean sacrifice in one way or another because people, uh, there will be people who will refuse to go along with it and they will suffer. Yeah, they will they suffer, suffer tremendously. That's always been the way in history. But without, without that, you know, um, it's game over. Because we're heading towards the final move of what they call their great work. Yeah. It's been in the, for thousands of years in, in, in the making. And, uh, and, and these characters mean business. And, and asking them, please don't do this, is not going to work. 
uh, they're going to come down with the heavy, the heavy fist on anyone who, who doesn't go along here, and and people will, will will suffer tremendously, and that's what generally it takes before others start to see the inhumaneness of all this and start to question, you know. Yeah, but the risk is also we can no longer now go to a place where we bring the people out on the streets because they're going to tailor them to death. Yeah, all through, through, through time, it's been the individuals here and there that simply say no. You know, that's what it takes. It's an individual. This is an ultimate choice here. Yeah. This uh, an individual choice, and all the New Agers can... can, can on themselves away as much as they want and, you know, wave their incense in their faces, but but uh, uh, this is coming their way too and uh, don't like negativity and turn on to another station. Yeah, but they go into a different dimension. Well, they could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I said to one, well, let me see if you, you know, I said, here's the wall, show me you go to the wall into another dimension. Uh-huh. Looked very annoyed at me, but you know, I said, let's be, let's be uh, logical. Let's have some uh, wisdom here because what you are talking about and what you are doing, you are utterly, utterly confused because Mithra, the Roman Catholic Church, Rome, mm-hmm. Masons, same bunch have had you. So now you come to a place where you are just about totally have been had because they want to get rid of all the... You know what shocked me the most when I came into this country and I landed on the uh, airport in uh, Edmonton? They knew more about my ancestors than I did from my mother's side and said... Oh, you are Indian, and you are coming to claim your uh, heritage land? <laughs> I came off of a fly, of a 12-hour flight, and the plane had lost part of its tail, and I was all shook up. And here this woman comes up with, with my whole, whole history from my mother and, and proclaimed me Indian where, when I had my heavy-duty Dutch accent, looked as Dutch as they come, of course, coming from Holland right at the plane. And, uh, uh, and she told me, and she yanked a piece of paper out, and I couldn't read it, not for the will of heaven, and she stuck it under my nose and told me to sign it. Later, because of my my wonderful First Nations friends and uh, other relations, they said you should have never signed it, but it doesn't matter. We can always go and prove that you didn't speak sufficient English to understand what they stuck you under your nose. But, you know, when I look at it, it is very scary because most likely you came here to this part of the world they know all your ancestry, so they can somehow uh, psychologically, emotionally control you. And uh, that's what they think. And, of course, they are wanting to psychologically and emotionally and physically destroy all the First Nations people. They want, and because they have done a fine job, because they send all these uh, black friars, Rome, 
on to the reserves, you know, to do their hocus-pocus like they did in India and other countries. And then we had the, the Masonic Church, the, the, the Mormon Church, and then we have, of course, finally in our last stages. Isn't it true? We're in the last stages, and people now need to wake up and say no. should be also very careful to not live in communities where there are a lot of senior citizens, yep. not live near communities, you know, and, and this is what bothers me. What about all the First Nations people in North America and, 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 and what about them? And else we also are seeing, and, and as you know, this is very worrisome because we have now peoples from all over the world who have come here, and their elders have come here, and uh, believing this was a country with very, very small uh, population, mm -hmm. and we are now realizing that it isn't because this country has a small population. This is because of the agenda yeah. that they will want to get rid of the people that they complain about no good. So they go to Afghanistan and they slaughter thousands of people there. And they go to Iraq, they're going to go Iran, they're going to Syria, they're going to go, of course, North Korea, then they're going to go and uh, what is left in, in, in Russia and is what is left to anybody that they feel is not as, as they think should be contributing to their, their game plan. Isn't that right? That's right. Everybody must be productive in your system to serve their masters. That's what it's about. That's what it's about, yeah. And the, the system to come after the card is the chip where they'll, they'll be purely profit motivated because we won't need to be entertained 
and we won't need to buy ourselves little toys every month to justify our, our, our slaving away. Um, this is to be the, the, the new system, the, the, per, the perfected system of slavery. And, and the, the, these characters at the talk talk about this quite openly, and they use the term slavery without, uh, without feeling embarrassed. So, what do they do? What do people do that are listening? What is it that we're going to say, okay, let's come together, let's, uh, of course, we hope that they get with it and that they come back on, on Sunday because this is such a special program that we started today that we are wanting to literally shake them awake and say, we love you, but, you know, it is late day, and we need to be in the know very fast. Can they still do something? Yes. Yes, they can. They can, of course they can. And, and, uh, and programs like this means that they can communicate through the Internet or any other way that they want or can, while we can still do it. Because people who are isolated especially um, have to start communicating with each other and, and, and passing ideas back and forth and, and, and to get strength within themselves. People must, must help to recharge themselves. If they hear all the bad news, they have to recharge the energy in themselves uh, because of the negativity that is put out by the top to, to steer everybody is meant to immobilize us all, and that must not happen. And that's neutralized when people start to communicate openly and stop being so afraid to, to speak to each other about these things. It must be done openly. Yeah, because they conquered and divided, didn't they? They have yeah. made it that mom and dad and the kids no longer talk. They've made it that the neighbors no longer really trust each other and talk. And they have hypnotized them in front of the stupid box. TV. So they can't pass history down to the young. Uh, they have divided everyone up. That, that was their plan. And they wrote about it openly back in the early 1900s. This would happen. But it's time that people start to communicate what they know to each other just for strength. And then they'll find strength within themselves to start telling others. Because it must, it must be neutralized. It must be neutralized, this agenda. There's no other option. The option is total oblivion for people. It's the end of the line of every ancestor you've ever had, uh, and for those to come, no, no more sentient, aware beings. No. Uh, there's nothing else to give up when you give up the ability to be cognizant and sentient and to appreciate the world that you're born into. Uh, but that's the biggest crime of all is to steal the mind, and it must not be allowed to happen. You know, Alan, when you say this, and we foretold a long time ago to the people that uh, they should be very, very careful because this summer, this, this uh, uh, late spring summer, throughout the, the, the time that we will see that the forests will absolutely burn into a crisp and it will wipe many houses out and it will burn away because of something I believe they're doing in the sky to get this, uh, this great heat and this, uh, these great fires going because I believe from here uh, all the way on throughout the United States in California and so forth, they will burn most of the forests away. Do you believe that they're going to put those forest fires out? 
Oh no, the, the Ministry of, of the Forestry Commissions have already said in the sign of international agreement that the new policy is not to stop fires but to set fires because it's good for the underbrush because they want to, to, to burn all the peoples out and away into the new habitat areas which will be well taken care of by the authorities. And, and of course we know they're also using superheated um, air over those forests because uh, the forestry workers can stand on the hilltops and watch the lightning uh, come out of nowhere on clear days uh, all over the place simultaneously and, and, and strike uh, these trees and set them on fire. But that is so, Tesla technology then? That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Can you explain so, that to them? Because I, I'm sure that many people are, that are out there don't know. But just a second, Alan, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, have your paper and your pencil. Because you want to have the books, you want to share them with your family members and your friends, because it is going to come someday that they say to us, hey, wait a minute, we're going to stop you, because you are spreading the truth about us, and they won't want to do that. So you are listening, wherever you are, and get a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen. Alan... What? A-L-A-N W-A-T-T Alan Watt Researcher and author His website www.cuttingthroughthematrix.com And if you're in Australia you're not totally free of it so Get with it, get a pen and pencil, and uh, there is, of course, three books available. Cutting Through One, The Androgynous Hermaphroditic Agenda, Cutting Through Two, A Glimpse into the Great Work, Cutting Through Three, Esoteric Unveil, and the Meaning of Revelations in the High Masonic Tradition. Each book is valuable $25 in international postal money order, which is available at your post office. You can contact Alan. Write Alan at Alan Watt, W-A-T-T, site 41, box 4, Esther, you know, like Fred Esther, Esther, Ontario, Canada, P3E4N1. You can contact also through the webmaster at Alan Watt, cutting through at yahoo.com. That's for you who have been listening. Of course, you who are in the audience can read it all the time as it comes by. But we urge you, whoever you are, wherever you are, no one is safe, if you think so. Need to be prepared, need to come into wisdom, and need to come to that state where you say thank you, but no thank you. Now you're going too far, especially if you're First Nations. Also, the Canadian government has in mind 
to make it so that you no longer own your house, no longer own your piece of land, or whether you are native or not, it doesn't matter. And that is also happening very soon in the United States of America, as I was told by some insiders, because they want you to have no roots. Isn't that right, Alan? That's right. They call it the new nomadic society. Do people understand really what is in store for them when you say that? Um, some will, some will, some will investigate. Others will uh, retreat into something, some diversion. So it depends on on the individual. It's interesting. The Royal Institute of International Affairs, the CFR, um, uh, were the ones who brought forth the property tax um, uh, bills get property taxes in, while the communists, uh, through Zimmerman from Britain, who was a member of the Royal Society as well, um, uh, pushed for, for the same agenda to be put into communism. No, no private property is exist in, to exist in the world to come. Uh, that's the agenda. Plato wrote about it, 350 BC. There would be no private property for the people. And this is coming to pass now. Um, You'll be in habitat areas. The UN website tells you there'll be no private property, rental only, and no private vehicles allowed in the habitat areas. That's the official policy. Do people really realize that when we say this? You know, when when I brought it up to someone and I said, you will be like living in a goldfish bowl. What? And of course, the, the, the ones who are dead already, I call them the dead. They are the dead. I mean, they yeah. are the dead. Yeah. Um, they say, well, I've got nothing to hide. In other words, they have no natural um, uh, disgust at having no privacy. Those people are already getting, they, they are natural slaves now. Those people have decided to be slaves. And, and that's their choice. That's why democracy was the term that they said they'd use to bring in the new world order. The bulk of the population will accept slavery under any conditions. It's the ones who enjoy freedom and privacy and the right to own the thoughts in their head that this is all about. The war is on them, actually, not on the general population. So those are the ones I try to get through to. You know, and, and the younger ones who are waking up to it but don't have the information, uh, that's who I try to get through to. Those who, who, who like life to be alive, that's the ones I try to get through to. You know, when, when we look at this, it is going to be so that no one can travel anywhere where they like to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, like... Uh, uh, the highway from uh, from here, from uh, past uh, past from past Hope, through all of Canada, they still have, and I never understood. They never took down these toll boots. They have been sitting there, and and when I traveled back and forward through there, and I, said, I wondered, is never ever in all those years anybody into these toll boots? Very tall boats still here, but then when you get into Alberta, 
and you are uh, coming, let's say, from, from Calgary side and you want to go and travel back here, there's again these toll boats, but uh, you have to say whether you're going to go and drive through the park or whether you're going to go off in Banff. So you better not go into Banff because you haven't paid at the toll booth. And I said, you know, where where is it that people are like sheep, that it is so very, very easy to say to people today, you know, you no, know, you're not going there. Well, you have no right to go there. We have decided to not go there. And when they are going to burn down, and ladies and gentlemen, we are warning you, if you have many Native family members, if you have family members that live in forests everywhere, wherever, please be aware. It's in my prophecies. It's been there for a long time. You can ask a Cuban cotton critter. We warned for that stuff that happened uh, on uh, the Mississippi. We warned for uh, was it Florida. We, uh, we have warned for earthquakes, and especially this year here along the West Coast. Uh, we have said to people, just be careful, because also today, again, very strange day. It was very nice and quiet during the night and this afternoon. Suddenly, this very peculiar storm that comes out of nowhere is ripping around the house right now. And we say, well, wait a minute. Just wait a minute. What are you cooking up? But we have now also learned that when that storm comes, that we are knowing that somewhere we're going to have another earthquake and a major earth frequency. And we also figured out that it is very peculiar before if the tides were sort of balanced, you could pretty well put a sign to it and say this was all safe. But what we realized in the last two days that when you look at the tides, it is no longer working because this is external activity from somewhere else that is playing with your planet. This is not Mother Nature. This is not the ancient, lovely Mother Earth. This is not something that was created by the great spirit or by creator. Now, we need to come to educate the people around us because if you're not aware and you live in a very forested area, you could lose your life or everything that you have when springtime becomes warm. And uh, we also understand as we have uh, warned you that the tides are fluctuating in a very strange manner and that the tides will start to rise much, much higher, as we have noticed with keeping track of it for 11 years, that the tides rise higher, but we also know when it is high and suddenly for no reason drops very low that they are playing with earthquake frequencies wherever you may, may be. And this month on the 14th for North America, there is a, uh, an eclipse 
and uh, if they play during the eclipse, and, and they are, and we will give you that on Friday night. Again, we will go through that so you'll be more in the know. But listen to what Alan said and what he is giving you for advice. And we are in the last two minutes of the, of the show. We want you to be there on Sunday because we're here to help you, and not only that, in order to support his work, Alan's work, to keep him alive and surviving, please buy his books or, or make people aware to buy his books. And, of course, we have asked you many times if you please will help us. And help is, has been more meager than anything and what have you really thought we live off of that who feeds us we were just wanting to ask you who do you think that feeds us when we work around the clock to bring you the information and the energy and the time that goes in so you may be in the know and maybe prepare and step aside and not lay on the track and see if you're going to be hit by the train. So if you can help Alan at buying his book, we have The Aetherian Traveler and the Magical Child, also by Thunderbird Woman, and you know I named Thunderbird Woman by First Names Nations and was named that in 1981 to by uh, the people, uh, Victor North began on the Blood Reserve and on Brockett Reserve in uh, Pinch Creek. So, anyway, if that, that is a little bit about knowing uh, where I came from and also knowing that, yes, our First Nations in heart and soul. And we are asking you to support, to bring your friends. The more people that hear this, the more people who are awake, the more people who say, yes, we will pull our socks up and desist, the better it will be for this planet. And, of course, you know this. You can go contact Alan through his webmaster at alanwattcuttingthrough@yahoo.com or write to him at alanwattside.com. 41 Box 4 Estaire, Ontario, Canada, P3E4N1. And with this, uh, precious people, and uh, may the Great Spirit, may the Creator hold you until we meet again on Sunday and Thursday and Friday. But Alan is going to be here on Sunday. We're here to help you, to love you, to empower you. And uh, if you are new agers and you say it is ruddy negative, well, I think it is negative when you lay on the track and the train drives over you. So we're telling you to get off the track. And with this, we love you. And, Alan, right, you're back on Sunday. Yes, sir. And we'll give them some more information on Sunday to empower them. So with this, we're going to say good night to them, right, Alan? Yes. Good night, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, whether in Australia, New Zealand, Africa, Holland, Scotland, England, 
Oh, of course, lovely Canada, God's country. Good night. Good night.